Welcome, pool guys and gals, to the Let's Talk About Pools podcast, where your host, Lauren Broom, will take a splash into many topics in the pool industry to educate all aquatic professionals. Listen in, and you just might be surprised what you'll learn. So let's jump right in. Welcome, everybody, to the Let's Talk About Pools podcast. And on episode 31, we're going to talk about salt chlorine generators with Shauna Sam from AquaCal. So enjoy this uh, episode. It's going to be really good information. He's the most knowledgeable person I've ever spoken to about salt chlorine generators in the industry. And this episode is sponsored by my awesome podcast sponsor, as always, Skimmer. And thank you very much for having me live at the Orlando Everything Under the Sun Pool Show at your booth, Skimmer. I want to say thank you very much. That was a lot of fun. Hope those that joined me there also enjoyed it. I also want to introduce my brand new sponsor, Blue Ray Etzel, the real mineral purifier. And you'll hear more about them during the podcast. But thank you to my sponsors for continuing education through the podcast. And I hope you all enjoy this episode with Shauna Sam on salt chlorine generators. Let's jump right in. This is Skimmer, software for the modern pool professional. What can you do with Skimmer? See all your customers on a map, build service routes quickly, and let Skimmer optimize them for you. Access customer information, including contact details and full service history, anytime and anywhere. Customize work orders to track jobs like repairs and filter cleanings. Email your customers when you complete a service. You can include service details and on-site photos. Does your customer need a part? Add it to the shopping list and track it from purchase to installation. Skimmer will even remind you what parts you need for the day, and you can mark them as installed right when you're finished. Skimmer doesn't just store your service history. It helps you get paid. We integrate with QuickBooks Online for fast, easy invoicing. And we've got more billing options coming soon. All that's just the beginning. Go to GetSkimmer.com to watch our demo video, check out our online tutorials, and see if Skimmer is right for you. Hey, everybody, and welcome to my podcast today. Let's talk about pools. And on today's episode, I have my guest is Sean Assam with AquaCal Autopilot. He's the National Accounts and Commercial Product Manager. Welcome, Sean. How are you today? Good morning, Lauren. I'm fantastic. Living in Florida, you can't help but do fantastic. Yep, I agree. We're both down here, so we both get to enjoy the wonderful weather. So tell me a little bit exactly. about yourself and the, how you got into the industry and just how long you've been here, what you've been doing. Well, I've been in the industry uh, this year is my 35th year. Um, wow. spent most of the time in distribution and manufacturing. So, um, the parent company of AquaCal Autopilot is Team Horner. And now Team Horner in the state of Florida, um, we have about 15 different uh, branch locations that distributes, we're a frontline distributor for all products within the, in the pool industry. So that's where I, I made my start, uh, working in the warehouse, work, make my way up into a driver and then into customer service customer service manager, um, sales in the um, Dade Broward and Palm Beach counties, um, and then went into the manufacturing side. In the manufacturing side, um, we manufacture the autopilot chlorine generation systems and the aqu AquaCal heat pumps. 
So um, the last, I'd say, 20 years of my career has been in the manufacturing side, um, dealing with these two manufactured products. And um, I think it's pretty exciting because what we're discussing today is going to be the chlorine generator portion, um, but it you know, discount the aquacal side of it on our heat pumps, which is also a very growing marketplace for places like um, California, where they're starting to outlaw, outlaw appliances, a hate pump becomes a much more viable option for uh, those clientels out there. So, but, you know, like we talked about before, the salt system is what we're going to discuss today. And um, it, it creates a very unique opportunity for all the pool contractors because of the dynamics that's going on with the shortages of, of chlorine products. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love the pool industry. It's it's all I've known pretty much of my whole working life. And uh, I'm with a company that is uh, Team Horner is a employee owned company. Um, as of this year, we finally paid off uh, the owner of the company to become all uh, 100% owned employee owned. Um, wow. So that's exciting as well. That, that does sound very exciting. It's, it, you feel invested in it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and we have a great, you know, the, 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 the owner previously, Dr. Bill Kent, um, I've ever since I've worked, has a very open door policy. And it's like, you know, if you, if you were in the warehouse and wanted to ask him something, he would welcome you, welcome you. And then, uh, I've always known him to say that when he's ready to retire, that he would rather sell the company back to the employees than to any of these other distributors or other big companies. So he's a man of his word. And, you know, we're very glad for that. He's definitely a wonderful guy. I actually got to interview him on my podcast. I just not, it's not been, it's either has been published or has not been posted yet as of this <laughs> podcast, but he came on and I interviewed him for drowning prevention. Right. which is one of his big passions legislatively. So I interviewed him. So my listeners will get to hear about Dr. Bill Kent and some of the other things he's done outside of just being the owner of Team Horner in the past. Wonderful person. It was right. a wonderful interview with him. And I look forward to my listeners getting to, to listen to him uh, this year. So why don't we get right, right into it? We're talking about salt chlorine generators today, right? So yes, we are. Why does a salt cell scale up, Sean? Well, I think when you look at uh, salt chlorine generators, there's a couple of things that um, are common with salt systems and cells scaling up is very common. All right. And one of the worst conditions for, for the life of a cell is to let it get scaled up because you can greatly reduce the life of the cell if it scales up on a regular basis. Now, um, there's really two reasons why a cell is going to scale up. The first thing is every salt system has a feature that's called self-cleaning, which is we technically it's reverse polarity, which is the electrical current going to the cell. So when the cell reverses polarity, it has a tendency to uh, change the nature of the pH within the cell. Um, so that one surface of the blade becomes very acidic, the other surface becomes very basic. So we know that um, with the high pH, basic side, that there's a tendency for scale formation. So that's what happens to the cell is that the scale builds up. When it re reverses polarity, that high pH surface now becomes a low pH surface and that calcium buildup 
dissolves back into solution. All right. So that's what's supposed to take place on a regular basis. Now, if that unit is not reversing polarity, what happens is that scale builds up. And because it's not dissolving it back into solution, it builds up on top of that layer of calcium and then builds up again and builds up again to the point that it actually bridges across the blades. And when you look inside of a cell, it looks like it's completely packed with scale. All right. The other reason why is like I touched on before with the pH is the saturation index. Um, a lot of pool guys know to test chlorine and pH. Not a lot of people test the saturation index. Now, the saturation index will include your, your alkalinity, calcium hardness, water temperature, and pH are the four main um, parameters for the saturation index. So a lot of times we look at water chemistry and say, okay, if I test all these parameters and they fall within the acceptable range, I should be good. But the fact of the matter is if you've got two or more of those parameters on the higher side, your water's going to be in a scale form condition. And the first place that scale is going to look for is right within the cell itself. And that's why the saturation index can contribute towards the scale formation. Now, the big difference, how do you know what's causing it? Well, typically my experience is that if you see the cell scale up in two weeks or less, it's usually because your water chemistry is really out or the unit's not reversing polarity. But if it's scaling up two weeks or longer, I can definitely say that your water, your saturation index is out of balance and needs to be adjusted. So that's, that's typically why we see a cell scale up. Wow. That, that was so detailed. That was awesome. I, I yeah, think you know, I understand why assaults, I understand why a salt cell will scale up now. Right. But the thing is, if we go at one step further on our water test and at least once a month test for the saturation index, I think you'll agree being a CPO instructor, if you maintain saturation index quality of water, it makes your overall water chemistry much easier to maintain. It makes water look better. It's healthier, you know. So in regards to the chlorine generation system, it's going to help that cell last the longest by maintaining your saturation index. Totally agree with you, Sean. All right. So how does a salt system detect the salt level? You've got um, different technologies between manufacturers. Um, there are some manufacturers like Autopilot, and I think Jandy also, um, we have dedicated salt sensors. Okay. So what we're doing in testing for salt is we've got probes in the water that's testing across and looking at um, the, the, uh, the con connectivity of the water. And that's going to give us an idea of what the salt level is. So it's a, it's a dedicated salt sensor and it, it'll give you a reading in parts per million. Some of the other manufacturers will take a look at the amps and volts going to the cell and assume what the salt level is. All right. So what that means is if I've got a clean cell, the water temperature is uh, pretty moderate or it's not cold. Um, and our salt level is supposed to be where it, it's recognized by the manufacturer. And then I can say, based on these parameters, the salt level should be 3,000 parts per million. But when you're testing it based on the amps and volts, there are other factors that will contribute. Cold water temperatures will cause the amps and volts to fluctuate. The actual salt level being low will cause the fact to fluctuate. Um, and if the cell scaled up, it'll cause it to fluctuate. If the cell is starting to fail, it'll fluctuate. So a lot of times with cold water, um, 
a skill cell or a failing cell, there's a tendency for, for it, that system to say you're low on salt, okay, and do a salt uh, indicator light that you're low. So what happens is there's the homeowner's going to see a red flashing salt light and say, well, I've got to put salt in it. They put salt in it until the light goes back to green. But before you know it, you know, oh, my cell scaled up. Let me clean the cell. Your salt becomes much higher than is recommended. And now you've got it diluted back down. So um, the two different types of way that salt's detected is either by a dedicated salt sensor or by looking at um, the condition of the cell um, based on the amps and bolts going to the cell. You know, so it's always best advised if you're seeing a low salt condition to just test it to make sure that you are low on salt and uh, add your salt accordingly. All right. All right. How often do you need to acid wash your cell? Well, I, I know that there are some companies that will say every, you know, every month to take the cell out and acid wash it. Um, the only reason that you need to acid wash a cell is if there's calcium scale in it. And again, if there's calcium scale, you want to go back to checking your saturation index. All right. Because the, the reverse polarity or the self-cleaning feature should do a fairly good job at keeping scale off of the cell if your saturation index is balanced. All right. So how often do you need to acid wash it? In my opinion, only if you can see visible scale on it or if you're having a uh, you know, constant issue of being able to maintain chlorine residual. Um, in that case, there could be some other chemicals coating the cell blade itself, such as, you know, phosphates can coat the blades um, and that can hinder the chlorine production. So um, those are really the only reasons I would say to take it out, acid wash the cell and then put it back in. Okay. So it sounds like high phosphates are something they should be checking too just to make Absolutely. sure they don't have high levels because it sounds like it would affect the uh, chlorine generated by the, the cell. Right. Right. We know, you know, phosphates, like when I do my, my classes and I talk about phosphates um, there was a point where I would say that, you know, if you've got high phosphates and no visible algae, no problem, just bump up your chlorine level. But if you've got visible algae, now you've got a food source for phosphate. Right. So now it becomes more difficult because not only will the phosphates feed on the algae, you know, it's not really killing the algae. It's helping it thrive, um, but it becomes a very high chlorine demand situation. You know, so you've got two problems kind of compounding each other. So another question I ask is if you've got algae and if you've got phosphates, what do you treat first? And a lot of times I'm going to hear, well, you treat the phosphates first, right? Because you want to get rid of that food. Well, I suggest to kill the out first and then treat your phosphates afterwards. Okay. Because if you, if you treat for phosphates first and then you kill the algae afterwards, what happens when you kill the algae is you release phosphates back into the water. And you'll now you be got a double dose removing phosphates, phosphates all over again. First. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So if you just do the, kill the algae first, and then treat for the phosphates, then it's going to be much simpler for you to take care of the problem. But yeah, phosphates can become a, a big issue. Um, and fortunately, there's chemical treatments to get rid of the phosphates. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, choices out there now. You don't just have to drain the pool. Exactly. All right. <laughs> How do you know when the cell needs to be replaced? 
Um, well, you can't look at a cell um, generally to see if it needs to replace because when you look inside everyone's cell, you're going to see a body that has a bunch of blades inside of it. The blades tend to be a titanium metal with a coating of what's called ruthenium oxide. Now, the ruthenium oxide is baked onto the surface of the blade, but it's, it's not to the point where you can visibly see it you know, or see how thick it is. So you have to depend on manufacturer recommendations are for the acceptable amps and volts. Your typical cell life is going to be about seven to 10,000 hours of operation. So for a year round pool, you're looking at two to four years of life before you need to replace a cell on a seasonal pool. You kind of double it because they're running five, six months. Mm -hmm. So four years on a cell before it needs to be replaced. Now, Remember, I spoke about the saturation index, right? So if a cell scales up, you can quickly deplete that cell in less than a year. That's how bad scale formation is. So um, I try to emphasize saturation index over and over again, because that's one of the um, main parameters when you're dealing with chlorine generation systems to help that cell last as long as it should. All right. So um, it tells an hours of operation. Um, look at the amps and volts according to the manufacturer specifications when it falls outside of that range with a clean cell and correct salt levels and, you know, 75 or warmer water temperature. Uh, when the amps and volts fall outside of the range, that's usually an indicator also that the cell is failed and needs to be replaced. All right. Wow, that LSI, we're going to hit home. I, I mean, being a CPO instructor, yeah. I know how important teaching that water balance is across the board. Um, we're just bringing right. one specific example here, why water balance and LSI is so important for Very important. your salt chlorine generator. So if my listeners are recreational, doing uh, residential private pools, which is the majority of their route, a lot of the, especially in certain states, right. a lot of them are on salt chlorine generators now. So you need to understand water balance and water chemistry. And if you haven't gotten trained, get trained, right, Sean? Because you're exactly. only gonna, we're only <laughs> going to see more salt chlorine generators that would be affected by pool techs not pro properly maintaining water balance. Right, right. And like I said, it's just that one extra step at least once a month to check your alkalinity and your calcium hardness in addition to your pH and water temperature. Um, just about every Taylor test kit has that water gram wheel that's you to determine what your water balance is. But even if you don't use a Taylor test kit, let's say you're using strips, you can download, there's a lot of apps online as put in the saturation index. And I know you deal a lot with Orenda. Orenda has a you know, LSI um, app on their yep. site also. Yes, they do. I want to introduce my new podcast sponsor, Blue Ray Etzel, the real mineral purifier. Thank you so much for contributing to the education of our pool industry by being a sponsor today. And thank you as always. Blue Ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at blurayxl.com. Blu-ray all day. 
All right. Why would you not want to boost your salt system, Sean? Well, what the boost cycle does, it basically puts your system into 100% output for a 24-hour period. Um, and that's the, the, the um, theory behind the boost cycle. Um, a lot of times people may think, well, let me put it in boost at the beginning of season so I can get it at 100% of chlorine production. Um, what the boost cycle is doing, it's taken away. Remember I said a cell lasts seven to 10,000 hours. Mm-hmm. It's utilizing time from that seven to 10,000 hours. Every time you put it in boost, um, you're taken away from the hours of life of the cell. Now, um, there are good reasons to use the boost cycle. Um, when you use the boost cycle for, you know, if you know you're going to have a pool party, you can always put it in boost so you can get extra chlorine into the pool. If you know you've got bad weather coming in, use your boost cycle so you can increase your chlorine level. After a pool party, when the chlorine is gone and you've got a lot of chloramines in the pool, it's best to manually treat it and shock the pool rather than use your boost cycle. Okay. Because your boost cycle is not really doing like a super chlorination, which in people's mind, that's what they think they're doing. Like I said, all it's doing is putting your system to 100% output for a certain period of time. You know, so rather than doing the boost and taking life away from the cell, some cases it's better to just mainly treat uh, to get rid of, you know, whatever chlorine um, scenarios you're going through. That was great. Now everybody understands what boost means on it. I would have right. thought boost would have meant like super chlorination or something like that too. So I didn't know that actually meant it would right. be at a hundred percent capacity versus a lower capacity. That, exactly. That, all right. What shortens a cell life? Um, well, like we just talked about the boost cycle is going to shorten it because it's using the hours uh, for chemistry and balance going back to LSI, you know, it's, it's so critical with salt systems um, to maintain balanced water conditions. Um, the HB and high is also going to create more chlorine demand because it makes your chlorine weaker Low salt condition, cold water temperatures, and like I said before, the worst case scenario is having a scale cell, all right? Um, because a scale cell is basically forcing power to go through the cell at a much higher rate than it should, which really uses up or burns up that uh, ruthenium oxide coating on the blade itself. Okay, so those are really the, the reasons why you're going to see shorter cell life. You know? So if you maintain proper salt levels, um, under cold water temperatures, you should lower the output of the system um, because there's not as much of a chlorine demand when the water starts getting colder. And some systems, when it starts getting colder, will automatically shut down, all right? So it has that automatic built-in feature. The the automatic system, all of our units have what we call automatic temperature compensation. And what we do with automatic temperature compensation is we know that when the water tank gets hotter, you need more chlorine. Our units will increase automatically, all right, to make more chlorine. As it gets colder, you don't need as much, so it'll decrease automatically. But the autopilot does not get to a point where it shuts down because it's too cold. It's going to continue reducing the output. And then when it gets to 55 degrees or colder, it's at 1%. Because our, our thinking behind that is if you're still circulating water, you still need some chlorine in there, all right? So systems that shut off, the homeowner's got no other option but to manually add chlorine into the pool with our unit we'll continue to pulse a little bit of chlorine into your pool still regardless of how cold it gets 
So that that that's really cool. All right. Why this this is a good one. Why does the pH rise so high when we're dealing right. with that's another thing that, that we hear about? We always hear that with a chlorine generator, your salt's always gonna climb high. Well, the chlorine generation process, one of the byproducts is sodium hydroxide, all right? Um, it, it's a very basic, so it's going to increase your pH. Now, it, it's not the same as um, like the pH of sodium hypochlorite, liquid chlorine. Because when we look at that, what's the pH on liquid chlorine? You're looking Nine. at usually 13, right? 9 to 14, yep. 9 to 14 for liquid chlorine. And when you're looking at gaseous chlorine, your pH is very, very low. It's like zero or one, you know, very yep. low on the pH scale. So you look at, remember I talked about the blades before, the nature of the pH on the blades are different. So when we look at um, the blade itself, there's a tendency that if you minimize how long the cell is running, your pH isn't going to climb as quickly. All right. So this goes back to a question of, well, what's the right system for my pool? What size cell should I get? I always recommend go with the biggest cell that your customer can afford to buy or that you can afford to put on there. Because with the bigger cell, what happens is you're not needing to run um, the output as high as with a cell that's, if I've got a 20,000 gallon pool, I'm going to put a 20,000 gallon cell on there. In that scenario, you're typically running 75, 80, 85%, 90%, or 100%. Longer the cell is on, the more that pH is going to drift up. So when you oversize, you're not running into the 75 and higher percentage. You're running into the lower 20, 30, 40%. So there's, a very, there's much less deviation in your pH when you're running it for short periods of time. Okay, so that's why I recommend always sell them a bigger cell and oversize if you can. What's new with salt chlorine generators, Sean? We all want to know. What's new with the salt <laughs> no. systems? Well, I think what's exciting for us is that uh, we, we've got a, uh, a new model that we came out with this year. But just to touch on uh, our, our current model line with autopilots, it's like we have this manifold that's built in and one of the um, devices in the manifold is our tri-sensor. And I think what differentiates our salt system from all the other manufacturers is that tri-sensor is testing for flow. So we can operate at a pretty low flow, 15, 20 gallons a minute. So with all the variable speed pumps, it makes it more advantageous. You can run at the lower RPMs. Um, we've got the dedicated salt sensor and we will show you what the salt level is in parts per million on the unit itself. Now, we go once further. When you're low on salt, we'll calculate how much salt is needed to get back to 3,000 parts per million. And that'll display on the unit itself also. On the other side of it is if you put too much salt into your pool, a lot of systems will shut down because of high salt. The autopilot does not shut down because of high salt. We love high salt. We can use our system in, in, in aquariums and in, you know, oceanariums um, where they're using 35,000 parts per million of salt. We'll still operate and generate chlorine in those conditions. All right. So for the systems that shut down because of high salt, autopilot will continue operating. The third sensor on there is a temperature sensor, and I described the automatic temperature compensation before with adjusting the, the output higher and lower. So we continue to do that. Now, 
those features we've taken and put into our new system, which is called the Chlorsync. Now, the Chlorsync system um, is a very cost-effective system. Um, coincidentally, it's the same size and union size as a uh, Pentair IntelliClor and the Hayward TurboCell. So it makes it a real easy swap out um, if you're replacing any of those systems. Now, with our Chlorsync system, um, we've got a 30,000, a 40,000, a 50,000 gallon cell. Um, we do have three-year parts and labor on our new systems. Um, but what's most exciting as well is that with our Chloris, with our Chlorsync, we have a new um, option that's called the pool sink. Now with the pool sink, I can use that with the core sink system and I can use it with our AquaCal heat pumps. But what it is, it's basically a Wi-Fi antenna and a phone app. So what it does, it gives wow. that homeowner availability to go right into their phone and see what the output is, see what the salt level is, um, control the levels, put in boost if they want to. But it's that one extra step that gets them into what the homeowners really want is basically everything on their phone that they can see what's going on. Right. Yep. So the, the, the pool sink is a very cost effective option, you know. So I think on the homeowner side, it's a MSRP, I think, of around $200, you know. So to give a homeowner who wants that availability without having to buy a more expensive, easy touch or Aqualink type system, you know, which is going to be in the thousands of dollars for them, they get a real cost effective option that gives them that that instantaneous gratification of a phone app. The fun gadget. So they want the they want the fun gadget, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I mean, this is for a homeowner who wants that, but for the pool contractor that has a core sync system on multiple customers' pools, they can go to their phone, and as long as they have the Wi-Fi mission from the homeowner to um, put it on their phone. They can actually pull up that homeowner's information on their phone, such as if they call in Mrs. Jones and says, hey, I don't know what's going on. I think my system's not working. He can go on his phone app, pull up Mrs. Jones's pool sink, all right, the core sink, look at the system and say, well, you're running right now. Somebody changed it to 5% output. Oh, you know, wow. the pool is and they can let me go ahead and put it back to what it should be. And on their phone, they can increase it back up. You know, so it gives them a lot of uh, control over if they're doing pool service and have a whole bunch of core sinks on those pools, they can monitor to see exactly what's going on with those customers' pools. So for us, like I said, that's pretty exciting because to get into that kind of automation um, or a pool contractor or service company, um, I don't think that's available yet to be able to do that type of uh, control. That, you know? And that then on the same thing with the um, if they've got commercial customers or even residential customers with our AquaCal heat pumps and they've got the, the pool sink uh, controller, they can log on to those systems and see exactly what's going on with their heat pumps as well. Wow, so like that's said, so cool. Yeah. That is cool. The technology. That, that's, that's neat, Sean. Will salt, yes, will salt systems see some benefits to the chlorine shortages that we're seeing this year? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And we're, we're seeing it already. Um, we do a lot of uh, our commercial systems with pool management companies. Okay. And with the pool management companies, uh, they basically have two options. They'll sell it to the end user um, or they buy it from us and they include it as part of their service. And so what they'll do is they'll do like a three-year contract with a commercial property and we'll include the salt system as part of it. So what 
the, the pool management company is seeing is that their chemical costs are greatly reduced, right? Because mm -hmm. when I do a calculation of um, liquid chlorine to salt-generated chlorine, a pound of liquid, you know, or a gallon of liquid is typically costing on the, on the wholesale side, you know, about a dollar a gallon. On the retail side, they're paying two or three dollars a gallon. When I look at what it costs me to manufacture an equivalent one pound of chlorine to a, a gallon of liquid chlorine, you know, I'm producing it based on electrical cost. I'm producing it um, for about 12 to 40 percent less what it's costing to buy packaged chlorine. So in that regard, I mean, in most cases, it costs less to maintain it with that. The other part of it is that um, when we're dealing with like the fire of the biolab factory, we can see that there's shortages like, you know, we talked about before with the higher demand of pool owners and pools going out there, there's a higher demand of chlorine products. So there's going to be shortages because it's just getting consumed pretty quickly, but also it's not being manufactured as quickly, you know, because of the companies burning down. Um, so it's, it's going to be a viable option. Now, I know there's a lot of pool companies that have negative feelings about salt systems to begin with because of some of the damage that they see. I know in the Texas marketplace, they see a lot of deck damage. Now, you can say that it's because salt, but when you look at a liquid chlorine pool, if you're using liquid chlorine, you're adding something to your pool. In Florida, there's a lot of liquid chlorine pools, and I guarantee you, there's a lot of pools that are very high on salt without the homeowner even knowing, you know? So yep. if you're not seeing damage as a result of liquid chlorine pools, why would you see it because of a salt pool, right? Because with a salt pool, I'm not adding more and more and more. I'm getting it to 3,000, maintaining it 3,000, okay? Up. But in regards to like other equipment, corrosion, all that stuff, it does happen because when water splashes out, you've got your concentration of salt and the water evaporates, that salt concentration is actually going to increase. So yeah, salt can cause damage, but you know, you look up at the Northeast and they saw roads, you don't see a, as much damage as you would see on a pool and they're maintaining much higher salt levels up in the Northeast, right? So in regards to benefits of chlorine generator um, to salt shortages, I think both on the residential and commercial side, it's going to be beneficial. Once we can get the pool contractors to really understand that it's not really just the salt that's causing issues um, with other equipment, um, it's, it's overall water chemistry that's going to create that as well. Because I can show you pictures of fresh water causing damage to a cement poured deck, and there's no chlorine in it at all. You know, so look at the, the uh, uh, Niagara Falls right? How much deterioration that has experienced. And it is, it's just fresh water flow going into, you know, the, the, the over the fall. Um, with our salt systems, once you put it on, it's pretty much inflation proof because salt generators have pretty much maintained um, the same pricing for, for years and years of generation, right? Um, we don't see a lot of price increases with chlorine generation systems. So, I mean, basically it's inflation proof. Once they buy that salt system, they create chlorine as they want to up to the capacity of that cell. Um, salt is always going to be readily available. 
right? So you're, we're not seeing any kind of increases on the cost of salt. So that can be um, added at any point. Um, and like I said before, when I look at the cost to generate a pound of chlorine to a gallon of liquid, which is equivalent, um, the, the cost generated is much less. Now, when we compare it to a trichlor, it's even much greater savings versus a trichlor tablet, okay? So now, one of the other things that, that we do, in particular AquaCal Autopilot, is in regards to our commercial products. When we put a pump or we do a salt system on a pool, a lot of times um, with bigger pools, the cost of the system is going to be, well, we have to go before the board of directors, we got to go before the homeowners association, and then it becomes a capital expenditure, right? And usually capital expenditure, it's like, uh, we're going to have to put it off till next year until we can save up money. So one of the things that uh, AquaCal Autopilot um, offers to our dealers is what we call our rental program. Okay. And in the rental program, instead of having a high capital expenditure, I'll break it down to either three years or four years of monthly payments in which like our, my normal commercial warranty on a salt system is one year parts and labor. With the rental program, I'm going to cover the parts for the whole duration of the rental. So now that becomes a big benefit to that end user, you know, that they goes on to the rental program or to the, to the pool contractor because th they don't have to pay for any parts that, that fail. The sales fail over, you know, three or four years, two years, three years. The cell will be replaced at no charge. Any of the bird, any of the power modules that fail over that duration is given to you at 100% warranty. You know, after the first year of labor, you can charge to replace those parts if you want to, you know, but the part itself is covered under the rental warranty. So for a lot of my dealers that are, are into my rental program, um, after that term um, expires, we typically roll it over into another three or four year term. So it's an ongoing thing for the property itself. It becomes a budgeted item instead of a, trying to get a capital expenditure, you know, approved by the committee, right? A budgeted item is much easier for that pool manager to just say, listen, this is what I'm going to be doing now. It's only going to cost, cost us X amount a month instead of trying to get, let's get $20,000. I can charge them $130 a month, you know? So that is exclusive to uh, AquaCal Autopilot and to our dealer network. Um, but at, that is something that's available that kind of helps make um, closing a sale for the pool dealers a lot easier. I, I have to agree after being in the regulatory side and I used to meet with, you know, HOA boards and condo associations, they get the great idea that they want to put something on. But like you said, it's a large number up front, capital expenditure, getting the board together, getting everybody to approve it having the option right. to be able to spread it out is a lot different in their mind because now that it's like exactly. budgeting it, it's just like they resurfacing. They'll wait until they're written up for a violation on their surface. And then all the years that they've had that surface, they could have been budgeting. That's kind of what they're doing with their salt chlorine generators They're budgeting for it in increment right. instead of the big sticker shock in the front end. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's a great idea. And then it includes warranty and, and stuff like that. So if something breaks down, then it's it's covered. So that right. that's awesome because you always worry about you buy something brand new and you put all this money at the front end. And then what if it doesn't right. last the whole time? 
then you right. worry about all that money you just dumped in at the front end instead of budging it out because it you know it's just a whole different i think it's right. awesome i think it's an awesome yeah, idea and, to try to i think that's like a great selling point like i said it, it's a, it's a tool um for the contractors to use to help close on a sale right and um it, it's i don't know if there's been anything like that offered unless it's a pool um, management company giving that to the end user. This is coming finance from us, um, either to the pool contractor or to the end user. We can do it either way. So any of the pool contractors, service contractors, pool builders that are listening on today at the podcast, <laughs> this is available. Yes. Call, call Sean Assam and try to take advantage of that program because it might help you get a sale and install one of their awesome salt chlorine generators. It just yes, gives more, yes. it gives more options. So any of you that are listening, call and see what it's all about. So anything and else you want to, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. One other, one other uh, product that we have or that we're offering is our um, pool pilot professional WC, which is our water cooled system. Um, if, if you're familiar, if you go onto the autopilot.com and look at our pool pilot professional, what you'll see is you'll see a manifold with a series of up to six cells um, standing there. Those are commercially rated cells. So we're producing the equivalent of over 15 pounds per day of chlorine out of our pool pilot professional. Now, the Pro WC, the water cool series is going to be our single cell high output. So with a single cell, we can produce up to 28 pounds per day of chlorine production out of a single cell. So that's going to be, uh, you know, pretty exciting for us as well, because it allows us to get into areas where space might be a limit, or um, you may need a higher capacity than putting multiple of our six cell systems to produce the higher uh, outs. Um, but all of our commercial systems are NSF 50 approved and which is what's needed for commercial. And um, again, if you've got any projects along the line that's looking for salt systems, you can get a hold of me. Because um, what a couple of things that we like to do or I like to do is to make sure that we're sized up properly. Because I know there's a lot uh, Department of Health regulations throughout the country that's different from state to state. And even within a state, they look at um, different things between these as well. You know, so. Um, I like to keep up to speed with what's required all around the country. And um, some places might have a particular sizing criteria. Um, I know Florida, we've got uh, flow rate divided by 13.89 gives you pounds per day of chlorine that you need. That's exactly it, But we want to make sure that we're sized properly on a commercial application. So one of the things that I see too often is like, if I've got a 60,000 gallon commercial pool, what's common is for that pool contractor, service contractor to go to distribution and say, I got a 60,000 gallon pool. What size cell can I put on there? Oh, well, let's look at this cell. It's good for 60,000 gallons. That's not how it works in the commercial field. All right. Exactly. There's a lot of other things that's involved that gets into regulations. So we could talk about regulations and salt chlorine generators. <laughs> I, I could tell you from my experience in Florida, they consider it a modification. And so this could be different and look into it. Other listeners in other states and counties and cities and know your regulatory codes. But 
as an example, Florida here commercially will require that I think you get a building permit. Most of the building departments right. will want a building permit. And it's a modification that has to be submitted on the on the DH4159 form for the D- Department of Health here in Florida. And you have to submit right. that modification to the health department. There's no fee to the health department for that unless they certain counties have special fees that they've added at the county level. But at the state level, there's no fees for that. And you submit that. And then they're going to make sure that the contractor has made sure that the output sizing is correct. The output rate is correct um, for your state or local regulatory authority. Right. And here's what's different. Like I talked about, you know, it's it, within the states, it's different. And then within a state, it could be different between counties as well. Because in Florida, I know there's some counties that require engineered plans, right? So now you've got engineered plans that can be anywhere from another $700 to $1,500 per body of water. There's some counties that say, all I need is a letterhead from the property saying that they acknowledge you're putting in a salt system. Big differences between counties, mm-hmm. you know. So those are the things that, that we look at or that I look at when we uh, go into a commercial environment. Well, thank you so much for being on my podcast today, Sean. It, Absolutely. Can, I appreciate the invite. <laughs> no problem. Uh, how can people get a hold of you or find you? Um, well, I'm uh, on Facebook on some of the pool-related 14SI Facebook page. Um, I can be reached at my cell phone number is 954-325-3859. My email address is Sean, S-E-A-N, at teamhorner, H-O-R-N-E-R, dot com. And I'm monitoring those all the time, so I'm easily accessible. Awesome. I know I see you on Facebook all the time, chiming in and some of the Facebook aquatic Facebook groups uh, when people have questions. You're very uh, Absolutely. Uh, active on there. Well, thank you for being on my podcast today and you have a wonderful day, Sean. Thanks, Lauren. You too. And again, thank you so much for the opportunity. No problem. Thanks for diving in today with the Let's Talk About Pools podcast. Be sure to follow us on our YouTube channel or our Facebook page. And feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts so more aquatic professionals like you can learn about the show. We appreciate it, and we'll catch you in the next episode of the Let's Talk About Pools podcast.